The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Deconstructionist Podcast. I'm your host, John Williamson, and I'm back with part two of my conversation with the amazing Rabbi Brad. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the first part. If you haven't heard it yet, please go back and pause this one. Go back, listen to the first part, or this part will not make any sense to you. Uh, If you've already heard it, great. Uh, Then you can proceed. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to check out all things The Deconstructionist Podcast, check out our website, www.thedeconstructionist.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog of over 150, 160 now episodes from over the past seven years, uh, as well as link to us on social media. Uh, support us, if you like, uh, through our Patreon uh, and through our web store, where you can pick up some T-shirts, pint glasses, coffee mugs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and so forth. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so check it out if you want. Uh, otherwise, um, we will jump right back into where we left off last week. And of course, next week we'll have a brand new guest for you. So lots more to come this season. Uh, we are going to do things a little bit differently. I know typically, traditionally, well, every year. Uh, we typically take a break during the month of January. Uh, we had so many guests that popped up as um, just opportunities to talk to some really cool people and have some really cool conversations that uh, we are going to schedule this into January. So a little unusual for us, but hey, more content for you guys. And we'll take our break uh, a little bit further into next year uh, and get ready for the following season. But uh, for now, you'll get content all the way through january at the very least so we'll see how it goes may have even more than that uh hard to say but um good things so lots of good stuff to share with you guys in the very near future so without uh any further ado let's get to it here's part two with my conversation with rabbi brad uh enjoy and we will see you guys next time do you Do you believe in 
Yeah, so so true. It, it's um, it, you you made this great comment earlier, and and the entire time, my my brain kept going to, um, just examples, especially you know within my own tradition of Christianity, where we tend to focus uh, so strictly on the details that we lose the message behind the story. And and I keep thinking of um, the analogy I kept thinking of was, well, I hate this font, you know, that this story is written and I hate Times New Roman, but you're right. missing the whole story, you know, you're by, right. by worrying about the font, you know? Right. And, and so there's some really great examples of that, you know, uh, within the Bible of where I think we've gotten caught up on, you know, Jonah and the whale is one of my favorite ones. You know, did Jonah, re- was he really swallowed by the whale? It's just like, that's a very small portion of the entire story, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I, and I don't want to skip around too much here, but, you know, we can talk about some of the other uh, stories within, um, you know, the beginning of the book, um, as it were. So, like, how about Noah and the flood, Noah and the ark, you know, like. So can I slow us down and keep us toward the beginning? Yeah, or sure. Know sure. Later, because absolutely, I, I mean, I, we could spend forever just on these, right? But we know yeah. it. Let me do it by asking you a question. Sure. If I walked into a place of study or worship for you, and I said, "What's the story of the Garden of Eden about for you?" Hmm. What would you tell me? So uh, immediately what comes to mind is I have this imagery of my vacation Bible school, uh, you know, uh, memories, you know, growing up and, uh, and I'm thinking of what's interesting too. And and I won't even get into what I, what I've studied and come to, to, to understand later, but just as a child, just what we were taught, uh, you know, this, this notion that, you know, Adam and Eve are in the, uh, the garden and this serpent who somehow uh, got, you know, uh, construed into being uh, the devil or Satan, uh, tempting, tempting the woman because it's the woman's fault, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then the poor man didn't know any better. And then he, he bites of this, uh, this apple that God has strictly forbidden us to, uh, to touch. And then, uh, and then everything goes south from there. We were kicked out of the garden and, you know, and, and the, the serpent is is uh punished you know and has to has to slither around on its belly and and you know we are forced into a, a lifetime of hardship and hard labor and 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 those are immediately the images that come to mind i can even remember the uh the kind of illustrations around it so i'm asking because it's interesting we could read through the story and it's obviously not a pleasant tale in lots of ways it was never taught to me, and it is never taught in Jewish settings, in religious Jewish settings, as a fall story. Mm. It's not presented as a story of a fall, a fall from grace, a fall from perfection, or as I think I said in that phrase, it may be a fall story, but it's a falling up. Because, you know, with all due respect, Adam and Eve are like idiot four-year-olds wandering <laughs> around the garden. Yes. Right? They really don't know. And I don't think it's an accident. If you look at, you know, chapter 3, verse 8, and they've already eaten and, and, and they know that, you know, th- things are good. Their eyes are open and they know they're naked, so they make themselves clothes and... and And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden 
in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he, the man, said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So I love this part, and this is the beginning of the fall up. First of all, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. God has feet? (laughs) In other words, by the way, I think from their standpoint, the answer is yes. I think from their standpoint, God is a very big man. And he's plodding around the garden. He's the landlord you haven't paid rent to. (laughs) He's the, you know, the difficult parent who's always looking to punish. And now the kids are scared. And he's plomping around the garden. And they hear him. By the way, by the end of the story, God doesn't have a body that way. It takes time. And and the reintroduction of an embodied God is, is going to be a Christian insight, which one day we should get to. But Clearly, they they have this, you know, angry parent wandering around the garden. And it's amazing because the first question that's asked in the Bible is God calls out and says, where are you? Now, the interesting thing is, they don't answer. Not really. God says, where are you? And the response is, well, I heard you, and I was scared, so I hid. And I'm thinking God's going, yeah, that's fine. That's not what I asked. (laughs) Dude, where are you? And I think that's the question that's first asked, because in many ways, along with the second question in the Bible, Right? This is the first question God asks us. The second question is what Cain, asked, what Cain says to God. Am I my brother's keeper? I might suggest that actually the rest of Scripture is just us attempting to answer those two questions. Man. Where are we? And by the way, the reason it's not right the, the modern way, who are you? No, 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 not who, because that you can answer by yourself. Where? I can't answer where I am without referencing something else. And that is the beginning of growing up, right? We know that from pediatricians and psychiatrists. At some point, you realize there's a difference between you and the world. And that locating yourself demands being cognizant of other people, places, and things. And so, yes, it's scary out there in that adult world. And things hurt. And you have to work hard. But wow, your eyes are open. You can see. And you can create. And you can make stuff. And you can do stuff. And so, for me, this is what I'll call the sacred realism of Genesis. That the journey from the garden out into the world, like the journey of growing up, 
definitely has its pains. But would we really want to be perpetual four-year-olds? My guess is most people, if you said, life's hard for most of us in different ways. If you could go back to being three, but you had to spend 60, 70, 80, 90 years as a three-year-old, would you do it? Most of us would say no. So is it a fall? Yeah. But it's a falling up. It's a falling up into that question about where are you? And I think that that's a crucially important part because it changes for me, I think, how we see the world. Is the world this place that's, quote, out to get us and we wish we weren't here? It's a a place to be escaped from? Or is the world, with all of its pains and challenges, and they are many and they are mighty, is it a place to be lived into? From the perspective of most Jewish readings, without pretending away the pain, the world is a place into which we are called to live, and that that is a blessed and sacred opportunity. Not to mention that it's only in that world that we can actually be more like the God in whose image we were created. So I I can't leave this story of creation without thinking about, yeah, I get it, I live outside the garden, but if that's the fullness of the garden, I don't want to go back. Most of us don't want to go back. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want the world to be more garden-like, more Edenic. I do. I do. I'm an unrepentant messianist. I believe in redemption. I believe the world is not perfect. But there is a difference between admitting the world is far from perfect and that our very existence is fallen because we live in the world. I'm not Pollyannish about the pain, but I do see the journey out of Eden as an opportunity and a privilege. And I do think the story, by and large, sees it that way as well, without pretending away the pains and the problems, because they're real. Right? It's a high-stakes game. (laughs) But, boy, the payoff gets so much higher as the stakes go up. Yes. That's exactly what it made me think of. It's um, I don't enjoy pain, but I understand, as an adult, the role that it plays. Right. you know, it says uh, the old saying, you can't have light without darkness or to quote Jason Lee from a very strange movie, Vanilla Sky, where he says, you, you can't have the sweet without the sour because right. the, uh, the at least the, not the, now. So yeah. I'll qualify it. Right. I believe one day the world will have no darkness, will have no sour, will mm-hmm. have no death. But what I mean by that is that we will have a way of holding those things that they won't be negative. Yeah. I don't know if they'll go away. But we'll have a perspective on things that allows us to see the world and experience the world more as I hope God does, which is that there's a place for all of it. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, I don't want people to be in pain. I don't want people to suffer. No one should go hungry. No one should be cold. And I get it. You can say, oh, it's an opportunity. Yeah? Let someone else have that opportunity. I, I want to get rid of that stuff. But I want to get rid of it not with the childlike eyes of Adam and Eve before the falling up, but with the grown-up eyes that say, wow, I can be like God. I can nurture life. I can mm-hmm. clothe the naked. I can feed the hungry. I can build gardens in the world that will sustain things. Right? So I think that to, I can't, literally, I can't leave Eden without spending, you know, some time on that story. Oh, that's good. Well, where would you like to go next? I, I, this I is mean, good. you tell me the question. I know we've been at this for a while, so I don't know. If yeah. we should, you know, you wanted to go next to, to you know, to um, to the flood, which I'm willing to do. But I wonder because I've been like, you know, chattering on here for a while. <laughs> I, I, maybe we should hold like here as we're leaving Eden and, and, and do more stuff another time. But I guess what I would ask you is, yeah, what of what I've said is especially either helpful or unhelpful because that's where I can learn from you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think you really hit on something in, in this this last piece here where we were discussing sort of uh, what Christians commonly refer to as the fall, which I've never liked. <laughs> um, this this idea that, you know, we are living in perpetual guilt because, you know, we made a major error at the beginning of humanity and, and are therefore suffering. You know, God is punishing us in perpetuity forever. And it never made sense to me because on the other hand, we promote this God who is who is the source of all love, who is whose mercy knows no end, and yet at the same time, you know, as as Christians, we also, on the other hand, are preaching with as much vigor that, well, you're a broken, faulty, awful human uh, who, you know, is is born with a you know with a, a glitch in, in the system, and ultimately, if you don't get your beliefs right at the end of time, then you will be thrown into a, an eternal pit, which again, makes no sense at all when we're sitting here saying, well, God is literally has infinite um, amounts of love. Our human brains cannot even conceive of the concept of infinity alone, much less an infinite supply of love. So it, it just, those two things have always contradicted one another in my, in my mind. So I guess the question I would follow up with is then, okay, so what I've said helps, 
but mm. have I disrespectfully undermined, you know, such a foundational Christian belief? I don't think I have, but I, I really am asking that what I'm saying isn't helpful because people would say, Brad, that's very nice. But if I saw things the way you did, I have to give up being Christian. Now, I don't believe that to be the case, but it's easy no. for me because I'm not Christian. So I'm asking, is this helpful in someone holding together what they have received and want to lift up as sacred as Christians and holding this view? I would say yes, absolutely, because I think I think a common struggle for most Christians is they hold in one hand um, the Old Testament and, and sort of our often misguided views on on what the Old Testament has to say and, and sort of um, what what they might re- review as a uh, a violent sort of jealous uh, vengeful God. And this notion of the God through the eyes and the teachings of Jesus, which very much is the story and the message of love and forgiveness. And so those two, I think, within a lot of Christian traditions have always uh, sort of been in dissonance with one another. So I think that's, I mean, there's a whole line of logic to be explored there about the ways in which Christians were invested in making sure that Christian faith superseded Jewish faith Mm. were able to benefit from saying, well, yeah, there was this mean old God in the (laughs) old Testament, but you know, happily he sent us his only son and now we've outgrown that ugliness. But it's funny because you still are, you still canonize this and therefore you've got to find some place to put it. So it becomes what (laughs) you're describing. And I, and I think another solution might be that, and again, this is, like I said, there's no one final answer, that both the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and the New Testament are messier than we've often been led to believe. Mm. And that the teachings of love that are commonly associated, especially with the New Testament, there's plenty of, you know, tough stuff there, too. And that the teachings of harshness and jealousy and anger and punishing, there's definitely elements of that in the Hebrew Bible. There's also plenty of love. And that it goes back then to this story, which is that, yes, you are, we are being sent into a world that is more complicated and more painful than Eden. Just like even the best of marriages or the safest of classrooms or the healthiest of churches are a lot more complicated than lying in a crib sucking your thumb. And and the choice then becomes do we feel we have it within us to live into and up to the fact of our image of Godness? And so in no way do I offer that reading to undermine elements of Christian faith. I offer it actually in some ways because I think those elements of Christian faith can be held 
if they can be held in a way that understands, it's always a grand bargain. You want it simple and easy and clean, you can have it, but you're like a four-year-old. We are not perfect. And so if someone said, Brad, are you saying that because there isn't a fall, we're actually perfect? No. We're far from perfect. That's very clear. It's that there is a kind of holiness to be found in our imperfections, that the so-called perfections from the last time didn't have. And I don't have a solution except to suggest that if we spend our lives addressing that question of, really, where are you? Look around. And to know where you are is to know not just geographically where you are, but where you are relative to the other people in your life, to the God in your life, if there is one, to the questions in your life. No, you may really screw it up. But if you live that way on balance, you'll do okay. I think that's the promise. That's where the loving God is in this story. Yes, I'm sending you out into that world. But you'll make it. Hmm. It might be hard, but you'll be productive and you'll eat. It may be painful, but you will reproduce and build families. You will make it. See, that's the amazing thing, that implicit in the so-called punishment is also a promise. And it's the promise that however tough it gets, you will make it. And I think that's really, you know, really important. I also think that because it's Friday afternoon, (laughs) which means I've got stuff to do with your permission, what I'd like to do is invite us to pick up with two stories that are very much in my mind. And one is the story of Cain and Abel. Yes. Um, Both because of what it says about human relations, but also in all candor, what it says about the downside of trying to worship God. Um (laughs) And, and then get into the story, which in many ways is the second half of Leading Eden, of what it means to recover from and live in a post-flood world. That sounds great. I would love that. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, as always, uh, thank you so much for your time. This is always um, just absolutely fulfilling and life-giving for me. So, um I know the listeners are going to love it, so thank you. Okay. Well, I will try and keep living up to that. Uh, <laughs> I fear I probably let you down more than you're, you're too kind to say, but I, I do appreciate it. And, it. and to be able to ask, where does this fit for someone wrestling, not just with these words, but how they fit into what it means to be Christian in the 21st century, I think is really a gift to me. So uh, it's appreciated enormously. Thank you. Well, I- I think there's a lot to, to be learned from, from one another, and and, uh, and I, I value that. So, Indeed. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. If he does, does he know that I'm alive? Is God even here? Does she care?
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.